Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Pro Basketball Talk podcast here at NBC Sports. Uh, I am Kurt Heelan, the managing editor of Pro Basketball Talk, here with you as always. Today we're going to have some fun. We swing through the Southwest Division, focusing primarily on the Pelicans, which are a fascinating story, and I wanted to bring in Sean Devaney from the Sporting News, who, who had a, he's had a few really good preseason articles worth reading. You need to go find the one on DeMarcus Cousins and how they're trying to get him back in the post, because it's kind of stunning how little they used him in the post last year. But uh, the one that got my eye was something we'd written about a little at PBT, too, which is the Pelicans trying to build around Anthony Davis. So, Sean, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Kurt. Well, let's just get right into that. We know that Davis sprained his ankle in the preseason, and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, and he's questionable opening night. But they're going to have him for the bulk of the season. And, and for the purposes of this podcast, we're just going to treat him like he's playing because they are going to have him for most of the season, if not all of it. And when he's playing, look, we're talking about a top five caliber NBA player, a, a franchise cornerstone kind of guy. The problem is then you start to look around at the rest of that roster. You start to see Alvin Gentry as the coach and how all that's going to fit together. And to me, the pieces just don't fit. I, you know, it's funny because I, I was in training camp uh, with Gentry when he first got there last year, and you know they had just signed Davis to the to the five year contract, no no option, uh, so he wouldn't be a free agent until two thousand twenty one, and and so I remember saying to him, you know, I know it's a little ridiculous, but don't you feel a little bit of pressure to to go out and win and 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 you know find a way. Uh, to make sure you keep him, because most most guys when they sign those big contracts, they don't sign the second one. And he just sort of laughed, as I kind of expected, uh, and said, you, "You know, hey man, give me a give me a chance to start coaching before I start thinking that way." But it's absolutely how, as a franchise, you have to think. And exactly. and and you know, you go through the long list of players, like I say, who signed that first big contract. Uh, and then don't sign the second one. And and uh, certainly when you look at it, you know they'll be uh, uh, two years into the Alvin Gentry experiment uh, this year, and I, it's hard to see any way that this group of players, even when they're healthy, and and you know to be fair, they haven't been healthy. But even when healthy, I'm still not sure they really fit into what Alvin Gentry wants to do. No, exactly. And, and you're right. First off, teams have to think this way. The easy, obvious example right now is Sacramento. Like, 
They've known for years they had to build something around Cousins or they've got to consider moving Cousins. Because of the new building in their case and everything else, they're not going to move him during this season. But if come next summer they don't have some sort of sense that he's really interested in staying, they have to make that kind of consideration. And for a team like New Orleans with Anthony Davis, it's exactly the same thing. They have to make this kind of consideration. They have to start thinking out of, you know, out of the box about how they're going to do this. I mean, look, that guy had a da- Davis down year last year. He averaged 24 and 10. Like that was a bad year. He was a little slower defensively. This year he comes back he's a little more motivated. You know, he didn't play in the Olympics this summer to get right. He should have a monster year, but we'll start looking around. You know, you kind of wrote about this. Their opening night roster around him could be Langston Galloway, Buddy Heald, Solomon Hill at the 3, and either Alex Ajinka or or you know, Omar Sheik at, at the 5. That roster just, like you said, even if they're, that roster's just not going to get it done. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they're big signings. And I didn't think they made any bad signings necessarily. You could say maybe they overpaid uh, Solomon Hill. But, but uh, you know, he, he could potentially develop into that 3 and D sort of wing uh, uh, that they've obviously lacked. Uh, and if that's the case, then, then that'll be a nice fit, no question. But, uh, you know, he's not really going to be somebody who helps them offensively. Uh, each one more I thought was a good signing in terms of, you know, what he does and what they need. They need guys who can who can spread the floor and, and who can be on the floor for 82 games. And he's certainly a guy who uh, you, you would hope that would be the case. Uh, but, you know, other than that, they, they didn't really make any big signings. They, they weren't able to, uh, uh, to, to really break through in terms of the free agent market. They didn't really even try. Uh, you know, they, they sort of seem to have written this season off as, okay, let's just try to get everybody healthy and, and, and you know, maybe we'll win 40 games. And, you know, again, I just don't know that you can afford to do that. I think that uh, uh, if, you're not, if you're not giving the sense that you're building towards something, uh, then, uh, you know, it's really hard to see, uh, you know, what the future is. I mean, if, if, if the best that you've got is, is you know, Etuan Moore and, and, and Solomon Hill in, in, in free agency, you're going to have to get really lucky in the draft. And, and you know, that's, uh, uh, that's not exactly the, uh, uh, the, the marquee strategy is, uh, hey, let's hope we get lucky in the draft. No, it's, it's, it's a little hard to sell. I mean, you, if you're going to tank and try to do it for a couple years in a row, you can hope. And yeah. even then, you, you know, you can run into the Philadelphia problems. In the case of the Pelicans, they're not starting the year healthy. I mean, like we said before, Anthony Davis has sprained his ankle, and while that's not considered serious right now, those kind of things have lingered. Hopefully that's not the case, but that might not even be their biggest issue going into the season. Drew Holiday is technically healthy, but he won't be with the team for some amount of time as he deals with um, his, his wife, Lauren, who, for people who don't know, his wife, Lauren, they met at UCLA. She is a former member of the U.S. national soccer team, World Cup champion, gold medalist, uh, who's, who's got a, uh, I believe, benign, I don't believe it was cancerous, but tumor in the brain that has to have an operation. She had to wait till she had her baby. So he's with the family, understandably, but he's going to miss a chunk of time at the start of the season. And Tyreek Evans isn't healthy, shockingly. Tyreek Evans isn't healthy to start the season. They're already kind of starting in a hole. Yeah, and 
and you know, both of those guys are, are sort of key to uh, making this a decent team. You know, making this a team that has a chance to uh, to finish above 500. Uh, you know, I'm not sure even with those guys healthy, like I said, that they actually would. Uh, but 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 certainly you need them. And if you don't have uh, t- uh, Evans coming back until the middle of December, which is what it looks like, uh, you know, that's going to put you behind the eight ball right there. And, and you just don't know when Holiday is coming back. Like you say, no one's going to rush him back or, or, or tell him he needs to come back now. You know, obviously he has other priorities and, and the franchise is, is, is certainly uh, uh, willing to accept that. Uh, but, but, yeah, you know, if you don't have those two guys, uh, then, then that puts you behind the eight ball. And you have the problem, Kurt, with those two guys are free agents this summer. Yeah. So you're, you're trying to figure out what to do with them. Uh, and if they're coming in hurt, you're certainly not going to have any chance to uh, uh, to, to make a trade or, or, you know, to get something for them before you potentially lose them uh, this summer. So, uh, you, you know, it sort of adds uh, another level to, uh, uh, to to a lack of direction here. And, and uh, you know, it's tough. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. A lot of it, this stuff is out of their control. It's not in Del Dempsey's control. But the fact that he did bring in the players he's brought in uh, and made some of the uh, decisions that uh, that haven't gone well, uh, you know, ultimately he seems to be the one who I think will eventually pay the price here. Yeah, and that's we were. I was wanted to talk about that, so let's move that way a little bit because there's things like you said that I like that he did. Like I'm bigger on the Solomon Hill signing than a lot of people, but you know, look, they lost. Eric, they signed Eric Gordon to a near max. He left for nothing this summer. They Ryan Anderson left for nothing. They. Those were big signings and big bets by them that didn't pan out. But as a GM, I don't know that you can lay this at Alvin Gentry's feet. He had not nearly enough to work with last year. He still doesn't have a roster that really fits what he wants to do. I mean, again, we're talking about in a chic at the five that that just doesn't fit with an Alvin Gentry up and down team. I don't you see them preferring to go small with Hill. You know, they brought in Hill. He was much more effective in in Indiana at the four try to play Anthony Davis at the five some, but there's health concerns if you start letting those two smaller bodies bang around a little. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's, uh, that's, that's definitely something that, that uh, you, you know, when you, when you look at it, that's, that's something that Del Debs wanted to do when he hired Alvin Gentry. It's one of the reasons he fired uh, Monty Williams, is Monty Williams, you know, looked at his, his team and, and he knew Anthony Davis really didn't want to play center, and he, and he tried to run more of a slowdown uh, sort of pace, and, and, and Dems looked around and, and saw that the future league is probably not that way and made that decision. Um, and, you know, I, I, I am still of the opinion that uh, maybe that is the future of the league, but that's not the present for a lot of teams. And, and, and I think one thing that happens, and I think the Pelicans have sort of fallen prey to this, is, is you know, wanting to play small ball and wanting to, to, to play like the Warriors, but not having the personnel to yeah. do that. And, 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 you know, understanding the difference and, and understanding that, uh, you know, you can only take uh, small ball uh, as far as your talent allows you to. And, and, and I just don't think they have the talent to play that way. And I think you You've seen a lot of teams fall into that trap in the last few years where, hey, let's play like they do. Well, yeah, if you've got Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry, you, you can play that way. But, uh, you know, if, if, if you've got Tyreek Evans and, and Omar Asic, you can't play that way. And, and, you know, I think the Pelicans have sort of fallen into that. Uh, and that is something that I think you can lay at, uh, at the feet of Del Demps and, and that he's going to have to find a way uh, personnel-wise. To, to, to navigate them out of the, the, the corner into which they've been painted. Yeah, and 
not only offensively, which we've been talking about, this is a team that the bigger issue last year, they were an average-ish offense kind of near the middle of the bell curve. They were a bottom five defense. That's the first thing that's got to change. That's never been Alvin Gentry's strong suit. And I'm not quite sure what's going to be different this year, especially, again, Drew Holiday's a good defensive point guard, but you're going to be without him for a stretch. Um, And now you're, you know, Langston Galloway's not that guy. You go down the line, it's not quite the same. It's asking a lot of Anthony Davis to, to clean up a lot of messes. And if look, you can't run. Like it, you were talking about playing small and, and being the Warriors. It, what the Warriors' great advantage to going small is because of Draymond, their defense really doesn't get worse. Yeah, right. they can go right. small, and, and you're right in that. That uh, uh, and Alvin said this at the start of last year that one of the things he wanted to do was to make sure that Anthony Davis did not lead the league uh, in in block shots. And 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 his thinking on that was they were putting too much pressure on him uh, to clean up too much stuff in the middle. Uh, and and you know I think that theoretically that's that's a great idea. But if you don't have the perimeter defenders uh, to ensure that, uh, uh, that 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 you can take him out of the middle and, and still thrive defensively or still at least be decent defensively, uh, then, then you're going to wind up hurting yourself. And, and ultimately, especially, uh, you know, the injuries that Drew Holiday did have last year, you know, they just didn't have the perimeter defense uh, to make up for trying to move Anthony Davis into some different spots on the floor defensively. Uh, they would like to use him more like Golden State uses Draymond Green. But again, you know, you need the rest of that defense uh, to be able to sit in around. You know, Anthony Davis, he believes, uh, Gentry believes, uh, you know, can, can be the kind of guy who can switch off on the point guards and, and, and uh, you know, still be able to recover and still be able to keep the defense together. Uh, but again, you need the rest of the guys to do that. Uh, and, and I do think they'll improve. I think Solomon Hill is a, is a good signing in terms of that. Uh, you, you know, we'll see how some of the other guys, each one more, uh, you know, has some potential with that. You know, I think that that, that you can possibly see uh, where they will be better defensively. I just don't think they're going to be able to play exactly how uh, Alvin Gentry wants to. No, I and I think not only defensively, I just think this will be a better team than the... Look, the 30-win version last year, which was ravaged by injuries, I, I think everyone expects them to be better, but this is not going to be the 45-win team of a couple yeah. years ago. Right. The, you know, look, they were the team on the rise. They were the team where you're like, in a couple of years, now, you know, we're pointing at Minnesota and Utah and saying, you know, if, if Utah can keep Gordon Hayward, which is a whole different discussion, mm-hmm. you know, those are the teams in the West. You're like, watch out for them in a few years. They're getting good. Yeah. You don't yeah, have I mean, that what feeling. What would you say? Like 38, 39 wins is, is, is probably where this team winds up. If they're healthy, you know, maybe 40. Yeah. I would I would say that, that I was going to say like high 30s is a good number. 37 yeah. was kind of what I was thinking. But yeah, somewhere in that ballpark, and obviously that's better than last year, but that's not getting them to the playoffs. And it, it kind of, to me, all comes back to what we've been discussing, which is the big question mark for this team is like, what kind of team are you? What is your identity? What kind of team are you trying to be? Because whatever Alvin Gentry traditionally wants to do isn't going to fit with this roster. And either there's got to be a roster changeover to get closer to that, or you've got to change what you're trying to do. Because right now, it just seems all an awkward fit. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll be interested to see uh, you know, whether they do try to make some changes or whether, whether Gentry does dial back. I mean, remember, Gentry has coached a number of different styles. He hasn't just coached uh, you know, that Phoenix Sun style. I mean, he did, uh, uh, of course, work with the Pistons and the Clippers. And, and you know, so he's, he's, he's coached uh, different ways. He's not Mike D'Antoni where he really only has one way he 
the extent to which they can have some success, uh, uh, maybe by trying to put these guys into uh, uh, into better situations. And, and you know, one thing I'll say, Kurt, is you know I don't want to uh, uh, you know send uh, uh, send Pelicans fans uh, you, know, you know jumping off the bridge no. here <laughs> because no. you know I, Buddy Hield really does look good, and and, yes. and you, you know I think there are some. And you mentioned Solomon Hill. I do think that 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 he has the potential to be a pretty good fit there. So, you know, I do think that there are some things where you can look at this season and say, okay, this is this is where uh, things might get better. This is where we might have uh, some other pieces uh, who will fit around Anthony Davis. So, you know, I don't want to be completely negative no. uh, about the Pelicans and where they are and where they're headed. No, and you know what is great about, I'll tell you what, people who really knew Buddy Heald last season before the draft, you know, out coming out of college. Remember, he went to college essentially recruited to Oklahoma as a glue guy. This was not going to be a high pick. This was not. This is a guy with a tremendous work ethic, and if you talk to people around the Pelicans, he was a guy who came in with a work ethic, had a pretty mediocre summer league. Like, he did not really do well in Vegas, and that motivated him, and they have to kick him out of the gym now at night. Yeah. That's what you want to have. Plus, coming in as a guy who spent four years in college, those are the guys who can come in and have more of an immediate impact. A guy who works hard, is going to adjust his game, has a little more maturity. I think he, look, he's going to make plenty of rookie mistakes. He's going to get torched a little defensively at the two. But I think he's going to be farther along and make some plays. And honestly, with Ben Simmons out for an extended period of time, he's certainly one of the guys I'm now kind of watching as a potential rookie of the year because he's going to get opportunity. Yeah, who else is going to score for them? You know, I mean, yeah. once you get past Davis, you know, I, I, I think in the first couple of games of uh, uh, of their preseason, Davis's usage rate was something around like thirty nine or forty percent. Uh, obviously, you can't that that can't be something. You know, you can't have that much of the offense going through him all the time. Uh, and, and and you know, you look at the rest of the the rest of the team. Uh, you know, even with the quote unquote veterans that they have, uh, I would say Buddy Hield is, is is probably your best bet uh, to be the second leading scorer, and then probably be a guy who gets 17, 18 points a game. Yeah. The other thing that I liked that they did coming into camp, it was yes, Lance Stevenson is a bit of a roll of the dice, but for this team in this situation, that's not a bad gamble. No. Right, and, and I think Terrence Jones, I, I feel the same way about him, but, you, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, obviously, you know what the negatives are in terms of him being uh, a tweener who, who's maybe not strong enough to make up for uh, the, the lack of size, but, uh, you know, I think he's a guy who can score and a guy who can be a, a good system guy, and, and, you know, again, both of those guys, Stevenson and Jones, you know, low risk. I mean, you're not, you, you haven't uh, uh, locked yourself into anything long term here. Uh, you, you can kind of just uh, uh, put them out there, see how it goes. Exactly. So I think we were kind of in agreement, we talked about this a little before, that this is a a team that probably is close enough to make you f- just keep you dreaming of the playoffs in, in, uh, in, in New Orleans, but may not be able to pull it off unless they kind of come together or get healthier in a way we don't really expect right now. It's not out of the question, and it also kind of depends on how deep the West is. There's so many teams. It's the weird part of the West this year, Sean, is that, like, look, there's a clearly defined top three, and then you can kind of shuffle four through about ten in a lot of different orders. Yeah. And so yeah, no, and we, we haven't seen that from the West uh, uh, in a long time, you know, where you do have, obviously, the Warriors and Spurs and the Clippers. Uh, but, but uh, 
yeah, you know, you mentioned Utah and, 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 and who knows where they fit in. Uh, you know, that's a team that uh, uh, certainly uh, everybody's expecting to have a breakthrough and, and, and it certainly has the talent and the pieces to do that. Uh, you know, Portland, obviously what we saw from them last year, was that an aberration or, or is that something that they're going to build on uh, this year? Was that, was that something where everything just went right last year and they kind of come back a little bit to reality? Uh, Minnesota, you know, we, we, what's Thibodeau's uh, uh, impact going to be? Uh, but, yeah, you know, I mean, when, when you look at it, uh, uh, there's, there's, there's certainly uh, a, a lot of ways to imagine those teams. I think that Southwest division, though, I think one of the problems the Pelicans have is that, uh, you know, the rest of that division is tough, and, and, and yeah. those are the teams that you're definitely going to have to play. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing is that, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, in the Pacific you have some, some, some easier matchups. In the Northwest you have some easier matchups. But uh, I think that Southwest is really, really tough. Yes, and by the way, thank you for making that smooth transition to we should talk about the rest I, I'm, of the division. I'm a pro here. <laughs> you are so good. That was, <laughs> that, was, that was a beautiful little transition. And for people who don't remember this, by the way, you play everybody in your division four times. The way the schedule works out is you play some of the teams. You play most of the teams in the West four times, but some of the teams in the other division you only get three times. And if that ends yeah. up only be, let's say it's the Lakers or the Suns or somebody who struggles, great. So I didn't, I, you know, I, I got Golden State and San Antonio four times each, but I only get the Lakers three. It, that little thing can't affect it if you're talking about a game or two and you're in a tight playoff spot. So. Those things do matter, and being in this division is tough. And we'll start with San Antonio. Uh, this is the one team, if somebody's going to get Golden State from the West, this is the one team that I think makes the most sense. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, there's a couple of things to keep an eye on. I think one is, uh, um, you know, first off, Danny Green had a terrible year last year and, and uh, uh, you know, still wasn't that bad. You know, I mean, uh, uh, his, his defense uh, was still at, at its usual level, but just didn't shoot the ball well. I, I think they really do need him uh, to bounce back, and, and, you know, I think he will bounce back. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. And also, you know, I just wonder how it's going to shake out with LaMarcus Aldridge and, and, and Paul Gasol. I think yeah. Gasol is a great signing for them. I think he does a lot of things uh, uh, that, that, that can really help them. But I think Aldridge is going to have to adjust his game around Gasol and, and vice versa. That uh, uh, you know they, they sort of want to occupy the same spaces. Uh, it would be interesting to see what happens to Aldridge and the three-point shot. He sort of gave that up last year after after making it a point in his last year in Portland to, to show that he can do that. Uh, but, but now I think with Gasol, there maybe maybe you do want to see him take more three pointers. I think that'll be something interesting. Uh, and then their bench, you know, their bench I think is going to be really really interesting. Yes. They have some uh, uh, some really interesting players that they brought in, uh, and of course you have some of the usual suspects. So uh, you know, I think San Antonio in terms of depth and in terms of front line talent, yeah. If anybody's going to knock off uh, those Warriors, I think uh, the Spurs are the ones. Yeah, the one flaw, the one thing that they did not by signing. Um, you know, Pal Gasol. The one thing they didn't address, that the one thing we saw when they fell out of the playoffs last year, was that this isn't um, this is not the most athletic team. Once you get past, yes, they've got Kawhi Leonard and who's fantastic, and and Aldridge is fairly athletic for a big. But this is not a, this is a team that can struggle with really athletic teams, and Golden State can be that. I mean, they're not as you know, they're not I don't know. Um, Oklahoma City from last season when they had Westbrook and Durant, but this is an athletic team that can get if healthy. I can see where they will struggle to keep up with some of that. But I think that this is a team that also makes up for some of that with their just A, the system, and B, veterans buying into that system and playing the right way. 
Yeah, and, and I think some of that does does come down to how does their bench develop. You know, Jonathan Simmons is a guy that got some minutes for uh, last year, and, and it'll be interesting to see how they use him. Kyle Anderson, uh, the same way. I really like Dwayne Dedman, you know, and I think especially in their system, he's a guy who, uh, he, you know, is, is going to be one of those backup centers who, uh, uh, you know, they don't lose anything when he's on the floor. Uh, you know, I think as uh, you know, he, he does everything that uh, he, you know, is able to do. So, you know, I think a lot of uh, a lot of what happens with San Antonio is okay. We know pretty much what to expect out of that starting five, uh, but, but but how far they go uh, is going to depend on uh, on that bench and how it develops. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, so I'm going to move on to a team that like is right at the top of my. League pass, I'm going to watch them list. I don't think they're going to be great, especially come the playoffs, but I'm going to watch a lot of Houston Rockets basketball because this team is going to go up and down the floor, score a lot of points, not stop anybody, and just be entertaining. If they stay healthy. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and, you know, that's, remember that we just talked about uh, the Pelicans and all their problems, and, and, and uh, you know, Houston went out and signed uh, uh, two of the Pelicans' biggest problems. <laughs> they yeah. Jordan and Ryan Anderson, who, when they're healthy, yeah, they, they can score, and, and, and they will fit very well with what uh, Mike D'Antoni wants to do. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, health has been an issue for both of those guys. So, you know, that's going to be a real issue there. Um, you know, I, I think Clint Capella is, uh, is, is a really interesting, Interesting young big man, especially trying to work in that system, and and uh, I think he's going to block a lot of shots because I do think that there'll be a lot of defensive breakdowns uh, at the top of that defense, and, and he's going to uh, be asked to do quite a bit back there. Uh, and, and it'll be interesting, you, you know, considering he has such young legs and, and he has such uh, uh, good defensive instincts. I think that he's going to be a, a fun guy to watch back there, and, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Trevor Ariza have have a little bit of a rebound. You know, when you look at what D'Antoni does, yeah. uh, you know, well, I think it's great for him. Yeah. With that. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, that, that, that is going to be a very fun team. Again, you know, to me, the the, the, uh, the bench is a real question there. And, and, you know, I don't know that they have the depth uh, to play the way D'Antoni likes to play for, for 48 minutes. You know, I just don't see them having that kind of depth. Uh, so, you know, health and depth, I think that's the real issue there. Uh, but, but certainly, yeah, it's a question that will be fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Look, I, I've said this on the radio in Houston the other day, and I stand by it. That team will go as far as their defense takes them. Like, the, the health is going to factor into that, you know, but a lot of things, including, look, Ariza's a pretty good defender. If they can keep Patrick Beverly on the floor, that gives them a couple guys. They're not going to get a lot of stuff, you know, look, especially if you're focusing on offense, as this team tends to do, the, the defense slags a little. You're asking a lot of Capella. If this is a bottom five defense, look, because I, I think, I don't know about you, I expect at least a top three offense out of this team. I think that they're going to be right near the top of the league. But if the defense is bottom five, then you're a 500 team. If that defense is middle of the pack, suddenly you could be in the mix for the four seed. You could be in the mix for being a little more dangerous because you're getting close to the D'Antoni, old, you know, Suns D'Antoni team numbers with just yeah. stunning offense and then, you know, okay defense. The one thing that, that, that would worry me about even their offense is that if you think back, to, when they had Steve Nash and, and everything was rolling in Phoenix, what they would do is, of course, you know, the, the seven seconds are left. Yeah. But, you know, you can't always rely on that. You're not always going to get that shot in the first seven seconds. So what they were so good at, what Nash was so good at was, all right, put back 
pick and roll. Every single time, yeah. pull it back, pick and roll. I, I, you know, James Harden is a great pick and roll point guard, but, but, but who's, who's, who's the role man there? You know, I mean, are we going to see more of Nene in those? I, I just can't see that. Uh, you know, is Capella, he doesn't really strike me. I, I just wonder, you know, are they going to be able to, uh, um, you know, when, when the initial burst doesn't work, are they going to have the secondary options that, uh, uh, that Tony's teams have had in the past that, that have sort of been able to keep that offense rolling even if they don't get that that good first shot. I think that's something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, I don't know that there was anybody ever better at running that drag screen than than Nash, but you, your point is valid. He comes down and it's Stoudemire setting that pick, you know, peak Stoudemire, yeah, right. who is just athletic and jumping out of the building and can roll or pop out or just cause you all sorts of oh. trouble. So uh, they certainly don't have that guy, and I don't think that they're going to be a real threat, but they are going to be entertaining, and they are, again, one of those teams that I... There's so many teams that are going to finish between 37 and 46 wins in this conference that, it, you know, a lot of little things like health and depth are really going to matter for these teams. Um, Dallas kind of is one of those teams. Uh, they enter the Harrison Barnes era. The numbers, look, this is a, don't you see this as a big roll of dice by Dallas? Considering what they've gone through in terms of getting free agents in the last, uh, uh, I don't know, five years, six years now, uh, you know, I yeah, it's a big roll of dice, but I can't, I certainly can't blame them for taking it. You know, I mean, they've they've, they've tried so hard to do everything right to yeah. attract free agents, and 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 uh, you know, they're they're usually number two or number three on the list of of of, of almost got this guy, uh, but uh, you know, they just haven't been able to bring in that that big name. So it's almost like uh, uh, you know, the fact that they're able to bring in somebody uh, somebody who's healthy, you know, and and, 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 you know, still young and still uh, heading into his prime years. You know, I, it's a risk they had to take, but, yeah, no, no, no question. It's, uh, uh, it's a pretty big risk for Dallas. It, it is in this sense. Like, look, Harrison Barnes was a nice role player. They, they you know, they get that second. He's one of those guys who left after the first contract, but that was just because they had to let him go to bring in Durant. Going into the second contract, look, his numbers when he was asked to create shots really dropped. When he was asked to play a bigger role and not use the gravity of Curry and Thompson to create all, you know, his real, it was something like 60% of his three-pointers last year came without a defender within six feet of him. Like, he was just getting wide-open looks. That's not going to be the case anymore. He is going to have defenders on him and watching him. And the one time we saw that with any regularity was the year Mark Jackson said, all right, you're going to run the second unit, and it was a mess. Now, the question is, has he? how much has he matured, and can he develop into this player? But I don't think it's instantaneous with him. I think that you are really, you can't judge it off this season with him. It is what is he going to be next season? How does he grow into this role? Because they're asking a lot of different things of him. Yeah, and, and you know, all things considered, you know, when you, when you uh, weigh the number of situations that Harrison Barnes could have gone to, you know, where he could have wound up, I think this is about as good a situation as he could have been uh, yeah. put into. He still won't be the number one option. That's still dirt. Um, and, and, you know, you, you, you've got another good wing player with Wesley Matthews. Uh, you know, you've got, I think, a coach who is going to, uh, you know, be able to put 
Harrison Barnes, and, yes. and, and we'll feel comfortable putting him into the into the right positions, even if it means him being the third option. You know, where I think if he had gone to some other situations where there was more pressure on the coach to, uh, you know, hey, we just spent a hundred hundred something million dollars on this guy. Let's uh, let's let's make sure that uh, uh, that that he gets you know eighteen shots again. Rick Carlisle is not going to a he's not going to feel that pressure. B you know he's, he he wouldn't give into it anyways. Uh, he's got that kind of job security. So I think that this is probably as good a situation as Harrison Barnes could have hoped for, and we're going to find out exactly what the kind of player this guy can be. And, and you know, I think we're going to find that out in Dallas. We might not have found that out, you know, if, if, if it was in a, a high-pressure situation somewhere else. So I think that uh, all things considered, you know, this is, this is a pretty good spot for Harrison Barnes to be in. Yeah, and I think you make a great point. That is still, look, if your offense is stuck and there's – seven seconds on the clock, you can still dump it into Dirk at the high post and good things will happen. Like, that is such a great bailout option that, that so few teams have. He, he is still able to make those shots, and that is a that helps an offense along a lot as it tries to find its footing and get, get other looks. So that, they are in a good spot. That's, why, again, one of those teams, that, much like the next team we're going to discuss, where they just are in that middle of the pack and health and how they come together is going to be there. I don't think health matters more for any team in the – whole division than Memphis though well yeah we've certainly we've certainly seen that uh, in the last couple of years and, and you know I mean you know it's hard not to root for Marcus Hall uh, you know yeah. just, just the kind of player that he is the person. and, and yeah. uh, you know how consistent he's been and you know how how much of a uh, defensive presence he is, how much of a willing passer he is. You know all the things uh, that, that that you'd like to see from a uh, from a, a star big man like that. Uh, you know he he has been all those things. But you know you break a bone in your foot, and you know you worry <laughs> when you're a seven footer. Those those little bones become uh, uh, become so much more susceptible. So you know, I, I think it starts with Gasol. Obviously, Mike Conley. Uh, uh, you know that's uh, uh, that's that's another situation as well that you've got to keep an eye on. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, health is really going to decide uh, where this team winds up. There's no question they've got the top line talent. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, uh, you know, can they put it all together? Of course, you have a new coach who, uh, uh, you know, I mean, as much as you might be able to um, to hear what he says and, and see what his plans are, uh, you just don't know how it's going to uh, actually work out once the ball uh, uh, is in the air. Yeah, and the other guy in there with the health concerns, obviously, is Chandler Parsons, who, look, is exactly what they need when healthy. He's the second shot creator, the guy who can space the floor with the three, the guy who can you know, is kind of long and can make some plays for you. There is so much to like about what he brings to the table when he's on the court. And if if he's on the court for 65 or 70 games, and that's just how I actually feel about this whole Memphis team. If they're starting five with, with Conley, with Tony Allen, with Marcus Gasol, with Chandler Parsons, if, if that group is on the, if that group starts north of 65, up to 70, 72 games together, yeah, they're in the playoffs, and they're probably they could again one of those teams that could get up in the mid forties and wins and then get into the you know four, five, six seed type of space. But if that team is battling health issues all year long, they have no depth. With all due respect to James Ennis from the great Long Beach State, who I am, I am the biggest cheerleader for on the planet. I'm a huge James Ennis guy, just from Long Beach State, where I have season tickets. All that said, there's just no depth behind that. Like, that starting five is great, and after that, it drops off a cliff. 
Yeah, it, it, it really does, and you're right. And, and you know, if, if, if Parsons uh, uh, can stay healthy, and, of course, uh, you know, each of his last two seasons ended uh, with knee injuries, and, and he's had multiple uh, injuries on one of those knees. So, uh, you know, that, that always worries you that that's a problem that, uh, that he's not going to be able to get over. Uh, but, you know, you consider what they've had at small forward. Again, no disrespect to James Ennis, but, you know, in the past, you know, the, the, uh, the, 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 the small forward spot uh, has been, uh, you know, a real weak spot. You know, we yes. have Matt Barnes and you have, uh, uh, the, you know, Tayshawn Prince uh, uh, riding out the, the end of his career there. You know, you, you have these guys who, who obviously have uh, very little business in, a, in an NBA starting five. Uh, so, you know, Parsons really changes that and changes the dynamics for them offensively uh, if he's out there and if he's healthy, and, and, and it just hasn't been. Uh, and, you know, one thing I'm interested in as well is uh, the, the rookie Wade Baldwin, uh, who, you know, I, I when you look at Memphis and, and why they are where they are, why they haven't really made steps forward, why they haven't really, uh, uh, you know, become a team that's been able to uh, – uh, you know, sort of take that next step. It's 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 largely because they've never really been able to develop their own talent. They've never really been able to de- to take draft picks, even if you're drafting in in the in the high teens or the low twenties. They've never really been able to do that. Uh, there were a lot of teams that were very high on Baldwin, as high as the lottery. Uh, so I wonder, you know, is this finally a guy that they're going to be able to take? The, you know, a guy they took from the draft and actually turn into a really good NBA player or, or at least a solid NBA contributor. Uh, you know, that's just something that, you know, besides Mike Conley, that, uh, uh, that they really have not been able to do. Um, so, you know, I think that's something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, definitely. I thought Baldwin looked great at Summer League in Las Vegas, but, you know... Yeah. A lot of things look good in Vegas that you regret later, and we'll we'll see if we'll see if Baldwin fee is 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 in that long list. Um, it's going to be an interesting season. We're going to have you back on again. I always love having you on because it's such great insight. Uh, Sean, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and find your work. Uh, you know, I'm at SportingNews.com in the NBA section, of course, and uh, my Twitter is just at Sean Devaney, just my name S E A N. So, uh, uh, yeah, always a pleasure to be on with you, Kurt. Well, thanks for doing this. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. You can, of course, find us on iTunes, where, you know, you can find all the podcasts in the world. We're there. Please subscribe through iTunes. Of course, you can also find us on Stitcher, on Google Play, just about anywhere. We have a homepage on Audio Boom that has a archive of all the, not only all the Pro Basketball Talk podcasts, but all the NBC Sports podcasts can be found there on audioboom.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.